I'm Jay Goldberg. And I'm Renaud Bessard. And this is the Canadian Taxpayers Podcast. Here at the CTF, we're dedicated to lower taxes, less waste, and of course, more accountable government. Now, in this episode, we're going to dive into all the taxes you pay every time you fill up your gas tank. And in Waste Watch, best-selling Canadian author Margaret Atwood, she went gallivanting with kangaroos in Australia, and it looks like we all paid for it. But first, it seems like Canada's two biggest cities, Montreal and Toronto, are trying to outcompete each other for building ultra-expensive parks. What's happening, Renault? It's just plain insane. It seems that after Toronto Mayor John Tory announced his plans for a billion-dollar floating park, well, Montreal Mayor Valérie Plante got to thinking, and, you know, she wanted one of those floating park things of her own. Oh, no, this is the worst kind of copycatting. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so the city announced last month that it would spend $970 million to renovate the Jean Drapeau Park, where the World's Fair was held in 1967. Uh, now, that's a billion-dollar park, which just happens to be located on an artificial island in the middle of the St. Lawrence River. Okay, so wait a second. Uh, in Toronto, at least Mayor Tory was talking about spending tons of money to build a new park, but you're telling me in Montreal they just want to spend just under a billion dollars to renovate a park that already exists. That's right. The city is looking to spend the next decade refurbishing this thing. They're going to plant new trees, they're going to redo the park design. We're not even getting a new park for that price. But I seem to remember now, I think it was about a year ago, Montreal, the mayor, everybody came out and said the city was out of money. Uh, they were crying poor, uh, desperate mm -hmm. for cash. And now they're talking about a you know billion dollar park of their own. Oh, yeah. It, of course, the city was crying poor year, a year ago. And let's be frank, uh, the city's budget issues are, are, not, uh, are not over. Uh, according to City Hall's estimates, it must either cut 300, mil 300 million or find new revenues, or, you know, we call those tax hikes, of 300 million bucks to balance this budget this year. And that's out of a $6 billion budget. And we have to remember, of course, uh, those of us who are fans of municipal politics, Cities can't run deficits, which some mm -hmm. of us definitely think is a good thing. But that also means that if you want to spend all this new money uh, and you can't run a deficit, well, that's going to turn into tax hikes pretty soon. It certainly will. And look, like canceling this park thing won't solve all the city's financial troubles. This is a billion dollars over 10 years. Uh, and the shortfall this year is 300 billion, and that's on the operating side, whereas the park would be on the capital side. But it certainly is not helping. Uh, it's a bit like going into debt to buy a brand new Cadillac when you're not even sure how you'll pay your rent this month. Yeah, I gotta love that car analogy. Uh, definitely brand new Cadillac, Mercedes, BMW, take your pick. But you know, enough about my, my billion dollar park. You were telling me you got some, some news about your billion dollar park out in Toronto. Renault, I certainly do have some news here out of Toronto, and we're hoping that it's going to be really great news for taxpayers. It's not final yet, but, but we're hoping. Um, some of you may know, Jasmine and I have come on talking about this almost $4 billion floating park in downtown Toronto that Mayor Tory is wanting to build uh, near Union Station. And he's been pitching it to the people of Toronto in the midst of the pandemic. Our city's been losing a lot of taxpayer dollars. We actually lost 1.6 billion of taxpayer expected revenue uh, in the past little while. Uh, and so with the mayor crying poor left, right and center, he came out with this floating park proposal. 
And thankfully, it looks like that's going to be on the chopping block. Well, this this is great news. So why is it on the chopping block other than, you know, the ludicrous cost? In fact, we don't really need a floating park. Well, those are very good reasons. But the other reason is that Mayor Tory, he seemed to have assumed he could do a little bit of legal maneuvering that turned out to be not so fine. Uh, <laughs> basically, Mayor Tory, to build the project, uh, you know, the city doesn't own the land he's trying to use. And so he was going to try to unilaterally rezone this land so that the oh my people God. who own it, the uh, private companies that own the land, wouldn't be able to do anything with the land. So, of course, these landowners, they went to court. They wanted to figure this out, hash this out. And, of course, in great news for taxpayers, the tribunal sided with the landowners and said that the city had no right to do this unilateral rezoning. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's going to stop the project. But Mayor Tory, he's still saying, despite all of this, that he's looking potentially at additional legal action. So we at the CTF, we've been fighting this rail deck park fiasco for years, and we're going to keep a very close eye on it. And if Mayor Tory tries to make any further moves, we'll let you know. But we're going to keep a very close watch until Tory finally gives up on this extravagant vanity project. But Renault, I think it's important for us to just note one more thing. Mayor Tory, he's not being truthful with the people of Toronto. For years, he's been going around trying to claim that only his $4 billion boondoggle of a park will get us downtown green space. But the best thing, the kicker here, is that the landowners, they've actually said, in addition to building new condos, they're planning to build a park on the land as well. And that park would not cost taxpayers a dime. Well, you know, this is really great news. I, I, I look forward to finally seeing this park, uh, this park proposal be done with. So we don't even have talks of a billion dollar park. Uh, but thank you so much for this update. Well, look, I certainly want to see this proposal uh, out of the way. And uh, just because your proposal uh, in Montreal is not quite hitting a billion dollars doesn't mean that it's not a <laughs> terrible idea. And so I really hope that in Montreal, we get a similar realization, cancel this floating park. Uh, thanks a lot, Renault, for bringing this to our attention. It's time for Deep Dive. This is the part of the show where we take a closer look at the issues that are really important for taxpayers, but can sometimes be more complicated. Okay, so it's no secret whatsoever that we pay a lot in taxes every time we drive up to the gas station and we fill up our vehicles. But... Do you know just how much in taxes you're actually paying? So we released our gas tax honesty day report last week. That's where we add up all of the hidden taxes that we pay on gasoline and diesel. And boy, oh boy, is it ever expensive. I'm joined now by my friend, our Quebec director, Renaud Brassard. Renaud, you did a lot of double duty over the last few weeks, and you actually compiled this gas tax honesty day report. So the question in everybody's mind is exactly how much do we pay on average in gasoline taxes? Thanks, Christy. Uh, well, the short answer is a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, when you account for up, for the up to six taxes that Canadians pay on gasoline, it comes out to about 47 cents a liter. 47 cents a liter. And just keep in mind, that's the average that's a lot of money. That's like mm -hmm. half a buck every time per liter. Now, you also said, though, and this is key, that we pay six different taxes. So what's the breakdown there? So first, you need to add the federal and provincial excise taxes. Those, those are the basic fuel taxes that governments charge. 
Uh, with both of those combined, that's already about 24 cents a liter in taxes. Okay. So we've got the federal and provincial excise taxes. That's about 24 cents. What other taxes are shoved in there? Well, who could forget a carbon tax? Because, uh, you know, it's, it varies from province to province, but that's another nine cents roughly that it, uh, that it adds to the price of gasoline. <laughs> Absolutely. Who could possibly forget about the carbon tax? Uh, ours is even higher out here in BC, of course, because we're super special. We are at 10 cents a liter for the carbon tax. Uh, so Dan, if you live in, well, actually in Vancouver or Victoria, but also in Montreal, you can get to add a transit tax as well. So that's four. And then when you take the price, including all of those other taxes, those three or four other ones, uh, you get to add GST on top of that. And for the provinces that are Ontario and East, uh, then you get to add a provincial sales tax as well. Okay, that's a lot of taxes. But you said something very key there that I think a lot of our listeners may not know. You said that the sales taxes are being applied on all of these other taxes that we paid for after. So you're going to have to explain how we're being taxed on taxes. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, tax on tax costs Canadians about three cents a liter. That's the amount of GST or PST that gets charged on all the other taxes. And, you know, three cents probably doesn't look like much, but it adds up fast. That's a bit over two bucks every time you go to fill up, like, uh, say, a minivan, for instance. So, you know, over a year's worth of fill up, those, those two bucks add up to some real money. It really does. And when you think about it, this is just fundamentally unfair. Who in their right mind thinks that taxing taxes is okay? And I want that $2. That's my money. I could use two bucks to buy my kid a bottle of milk for our car trip. But no, instead, it's going into government coffers as a tax on tax. So who are the most unlucky motorists in Canada? Who's paying the tops when it comes to gas taxes and all the land? Well, uh, I've got two bad news for you here. Uh, first one, there's actually a tie. There's two places, not just one, that are just, just so bad in gas taxes that they, they kind of competed for the top. And I don't want that. It's actually, it's, it's you and I. Uh, <laughs> both Montreal and Vancouver are ex equo paying uh, 54 cents of tax for every single liter of fuel we buy. Okay, first, <laughs> my blood pressure's through the roof, so I'm going to think of something <laughs> fun first. You said ex aqua. What does that mean? Uh, so, so, yeah, sorry, that's, that's, that's my French getting in there. Uh, I, I thought it was one of those well-known Latin locutions that somehow get, makes its way into French and sometimes also English. No, uh, mon ami. But that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> it, it, it got lost in translation. It just means that they're equal. Well, it's, it sounds very fancy and nice, and it's a nice quick mental break from the infuriating levels of taxes. Okay, <laughs> let's look. At, that is a lot of tax you just described. Here in BC, we pay a huge second carbon tax. That's around 14 cents per liter of gasoline. And it doesn't seem like things are going to get much better because stay tuned for all you folks that are laughing at Vancouver. Haha. Look at you with your silly carbon taxes. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's proposed carbon tax hikes are going to hit all of Canada. The federal minimum carbon tax right now is at $40 a ton. And that's already translated, get that, into about nine cents per liter increase in the price of gasoline across Canada. But when you think about it, we haven't seen anything yet because that's going to go up to $170 per ton. And they mm -hmm. want it to reach that level by the year 2030. So my friend, within the next nine years, how much is that going to work out 
per liter. Once we hit 170 per ton, how much is that going to be per liter? That's about 40 cents of carbon tax a liter. 40 cents in the first carbon tax alone. Incredible. It is a lot. Okay. So to that, you need to add all of the other taxes that you just described as well as the 5% GST on top of everything else, and sometimes even provincial sales taxes. You're absolutely right. It is a whole lot of tax. And actually, that's let's see just how bad it's going to get when we get reach at $170 level. So let's take New Brunswick, for instance. That province is pretty much in the middle of the pack right now with regards to gas taxes. It pays about 46 cents a liter in tax. Canadian average is 47. So sure, it's definitely more than Alberta's 48, uh, 38 cents, uh, but it's definitely less than Montreal and Vancouver's 54 cents. Mm-hmm. So if you were to assume that nothing other than carbon tax changes, you'd get an 81.6 cents a liter tax bill. From up from 46 cents. That's yeah. almost doubling it. Okay. So at 81 cents per liter, let's do the math. That would then cost you more than $60 in taxes every time you fill up a minivan. And I really want to stress this to folks. Don't listen to the politicians who like to get away with things like, oh, per ton, per ton. Nobody talks like that. Figure out the fuel tank capacity on your vehicle and do the multiplication, do the math. Bear in mind, you're just talking about one province here. You're talking about New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. And we're also assuming that the pre-tax price increase as well won't change. Like, good luck with that. So when you look forward into the future, it's hard to even think about how much more this would cost in places like BC or Montreal, where gas taxes are already even higher than that. It really is quite high. And, you know, admittedly, it's all of us who are stuck paying for it. Uh, We've seen the price of everything go up already. Our groceries are more expensive. Housing is more expensive. And taking more cash out of taxpayers' pockets, it's such a large tax hike. That's just, that's just not going to do anything to help Canadian families who are struggling to afford everyday expenses. That's absolutely right. And we need to remind everybody that transportation is essential. This is how most people get around. This is how we get to and from work, to and from school. It's how we get to the grocery store. This does affect even the price of food. So these sky-high gasoline and diesel taxes are going to hit you in your wallet. And if you don't want to get nuked with them ever increasing over the next few years, you need to do something. So do us a favor, go to our website, taxpayer.com, or check out our show notes and read the Gas Tax Honesty Day report. Figure out what you are paying in gasoline and diesel taxes, and then do something about it. If you're sick of being screwed over at the gasoline pumps, pick up the phone and send an email to your member of parliament and to your member of your legislator and you tell them that you're tired of paying these high gasoline and diesel taxes and to cut them. It's time for Waste Watch, the fun part of the show where we highlight the politicians and bureaucrats who waste our money and let's call it spectacular ways. Now, this week, our investigative reporter, James Wood, he's back on the podcast with a story about Margaret Atwood, Australia, and of course, the Mission Cultural Fund. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am both concerned and intrigued. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, both of those feelings are are very relevant for this story. So, turns out that right before COVID-19 kicked off in Canada, the folks at Global Affairs thought it would be a good idea to give a little boost to Margaret Atwood's Australian book tour, which took place in February 2020. That little boost was to the tune of just under $10,000. All right. You know what, Jimbo, I have to come clean here, man. 
you know, I know of Margaret Atwood, <laughs> Margaret Atwood, you know, I've heard the name before. <laughs> I think she's probably rich because I heard the name before, but I don't actually know who she is or what she does. So why don't you give me a little bit of background here on Margaret Atwood? Oh, no worries there. No worries there. Okay. So Margaret Atwood is one of Canada's most famous and successful authors. I would bet that the people listening have heard, probably heard of The Handmaid's Tale, which is Atwood's most widely known work and has been adapted into an extremely grim TV show on, uh, on Hulu, I believe. And also, presumably, in the process, made Atwood a ton of money. She's got an estimated net worth of $20 million and is definitely among the country's cultural elite. Not exactly someone you think the government would need to subsidize in any way, shape, or form. And yet, she's still got our money. All right, so Atwood is a multi-millionaire, <laughs> estimated yes. net worth of about $20 million. Yes. And these bureaucrats thought it would be a good idea to subsidize her promotional book tour for a tune of $10,000. Am I, am I getting that correct here? That is entirely correct. Sounds to me like these bureaucrats have entirely way too much money, our money, <laughs> in their pockets. That's what it sounds to me. And honestly, I would have been upset even if she got $1 to promote her book tour. Um, but Jimbo, really, for our listeners who've been following this Canadian Taxpayers podcast over the last year or so, uh, they know that this is just the latest example of the goofy, incredibly wasteful spending that often comes out of the Mission Cultural Fund. Am I right there? You are correct. And that fund has been a recurring theme around here. Again, for those who don't know, uh, Mission Cultural Fund, it's basically it's pot of money used by global affairs to promote Canadian culture across the world. I'm putting air quotes around that. Color me shocked, but the stuff being promoted usually leaves me with more questions than warm patriotic feelings. Examples include close to $52,000 for a Brian Adams photography show in Toronto, featuring pictures of Justin Trudeau and the Queen, and just over $8,800 for an art show in Germany that featured giant talking sex toys. So the fund is already being used in questionable ways. This latest example is basically just part for the course. Yeah, man, I remember that sex toy story. It was nuts. Uh, no pun intended. Okay. Yes, pun intended. Um, and the thing is, I was even shocked, you know, for a person who his whole career is making fun of governments for spending our money in silly ways. Even that shocked me. Yeah, 8800 bucks for a sex toy art extravaganza in yeah. Germany. Talk about yeah. an absolutely fantastic, no, not really, way to spend our money. Now, one of the funny things about that story is, is when we contacted the artist, Peaches, about her sex toy ex extravaganza, she even thanked Canadians for the support. <laughs> Someone should have reminded her that we actually didn't have the choice in the matter. Okay, but enough about all of that, because I know me and you could talk about this for probably an hour. Yeah. Um, now, did we even get in touch with Atwood about her Australian subsidy? So my freelance colleague, Justin, he did a bunch of the legwork here. And unfortunately, he never heard back from Atwood or her publisher, though he had uh, some, re some requests for comment. However, Global Affairs did get back to us. Apparently, the Canadian consulate in Sydney had wanted to leverage Atwood's tour to highlight foreign policy issues. Yeah, and how many buzzwords did those, quote, foreign policy issues include? <laughs> uh, quite a few. <laughs> and it turned into a bit of a word salad. So I'm not going to recount that here. On top of that stuff, on top of that uh, that goal they had, they had helped to invite guests to Atwood's book readings in Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra, and Hobart, along with post-show events that drew in, apparently, high-profile guests. In all, 
the department believed it had reached, wait for it, 1,500 Australians. Now, Justin asked them, of course, if they had an estimate on how many people they would have reached without taxpayers being billed for it. And of course, there was no answer. Yeah, so I guess we could chalk this one up to just another brilliant use of our money from the Mission Cultural Fund. Yeah, brilliant is a very polite word to use here. Uh, Not exactly the word I'd be inclined to use, but uh, for now, we'll just we'll stick with that. All right, James. Well, hey, man, thanks for bringing this to our attention. And for any of our listeners out there who hears this and just wants to help us scrap that Mission Cultural Fund to shut it down. Well, we do have a petition up on our website with that goal in mind. Now, the full story on the Atwood tour is up there as well at taxpayer.com. And we're also going to link to the petition and to that story in the show notes. So please do go and sign your name to that petition. Please send it to your friends and family and help us get this wasteful pot of money shuttered down for good. Well, that's it, folks. That's our show. But uh, just before we leave, we had some very interesting comments uh, from some folks on the, on Twitter or on our emails this, uh, this, this week. Actually, some of you noticed my, this was uh, Gas Tax Honesty Day. Uh, and as always, there's, there's always these couple of folks from downtown that every single Gas Tax Honesty Day say, well, gas taxes might be 42% of the price of gas, but that's still not high enough as long as there's still people driving cars outside. Uh, now, if you do live downtown, maybe gas taxes are not that big of a worry. After all, you can walk everywhere, bike everywhere, take transit everywhere. Uh, but for the rest of us who don't really have the fund to uh, to own a penthouse condo uh, on Bay Street, you know, we still need to drive uh, from time to time. And uh, we certainly mind those taxes. Absolutely. And uh, this past week, I was getting a lot of messages. A lot of people had heard about when I tweeted and, of course, in the podcast, we we're talking about that half a million dollars Doug Ford is handing to some Joe Bro Productions tiny filmmaker in North Bay, Ontario to film a scary movie oh, called yeah. Doom is Gone. And yeah, so that's a half a million dollars uh, that uh, Doug Ford announced he was going to uh, hand over to this filmmaking uh, company. Uh, and taxpayers are really, really riled up about this because I've heard from a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people through email. I mean, this is something that, you know, it's not billions of dollars that we often complain about other wasteful spending, but a lot of people have been saying to me, this is just really emblematic of Mm -hmm. the fact that government is just trying to do far too much and getting involved in way too many places. The fact that they want to spend half a million dollars and they are going to spend half a million to fund some scary movie in North Bay. That's just really, really clear evidence that the government, they're trying to do way too much. And because of that, they're wasting far too much of our tax dollars. You know, we might find this half a million dollar ways to be scary, but hopefully Doug Ford's government finds all of you taxpayers and your outrage quite scary. Well, thanks for, thanks for listening, folks. And of course, thanks to uh, James Wood, our uh, investigative journalist, who does all the editing for this podcast and makes it sound like we know what we're talking about. Thanks, Jimbo. Thanks, Jimbo. Hi, I'm Scott Hennig, president of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you've got another minute, I'd like to ask you to think about the one person you know that would really enjoy listening to this podcast. Do us a favor and do them a favor and send them a quick note to let them know about it. At the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, 
We believe there is power in numbers. That's why we've worked so hard to build an army of taxpayers who are ready to push back. And we did it because people like you shared our work with that one person that they knew would really appreciate taking part. Thanks for listening, and thanks for doing your part to make Canada a better place.